Just a quick note about today's episode. If you are a relative of mine uh, or anybody with a connection to me that means me talking about sex would be in any way cringeworthy or off-putting, don't let it stop you from listening, but just a little pre-warning. There may be some bits you want to skip past, um, and that's fine. I say this, um, I know the podcast is rated explicit. It is so for a reason, because we may end up discussing these kind of topics. I don't care about that at all. That's why I rated the podcast that way. Um, I think it's important to normalise talking about these kind of things, especially queer sex and queer relationships. Um, So that's important to me. But uh, just in case, for any reason, that's not something you really want to listen to. There are a a couple of points in this episode where we get a little bit uh, sexual, I suppose. Anyway, back to episode two. Enjoy, everyone. Hello and welcome, everyone, to episode two of Nine Bob Hope. I can only apologise in advance for the sound of my voice during this episode. Um, I am going to listen to it back, and if it doesn't sound too horrendous, then I will try and soldier on and get through the episode. Um, However, I do have some form of evil either laryngitis or chest infection the doctor thinks um that I'm trying to get over um so I can only apologize I know some people sound incredibly sexy when they get some kind of throat situation um unfortunately for you guys I sound like the love child of Barry White and Doc Cotton so again I'm sorry um but hopefully we get through it Today we're going to be talking about lesbian myths. Um, So obviously this is all subjective as with anything that is discussed on this podcast. It's only um, my own opinions or those of the people recording with me. Today is a solo gig so obviously this is just from my own perspective, my own experience. Um, So who's to say whether these are really myths Um, but it's just from my own viewpoint and things that are commonly misconceived about gay women, um, even amongst gay women ourselves. We kind of make jokes about it ourselves and, um, you know, think that these things are true for across the board, all lesbians. Um, So I thought it'd just be an interesting talking point to say, you know what, are these myths, is there any truth to them? Um, But they are kind of commonly held views either by others towards gay women or even amongst the gay community. So let's get into it. Okay, so first lesbian myth is all lesbians love sport. Okay, so it's a really broad statement. I, unfortunately, if we're, well, it's unfortunate if we're going to try and debunk these myths. Really, I'm just kind of talking about them. I am a prime example of the stereotype because I am a gay woman and I love sport. However, I know so many lesbians who don't have any interest in sport whatsoever, don't play a sport aren't sporty people, aren't athletic um, and don't have any interest in watching sport or, you know, don't follow any sport at all. Um, My Nikki, for example, protests that she hates football. Um, She has got into it, I believe. She will tell you that she's not into it since we've been together. Uh, She definitely finds it interesting if you put a bet on the football games. Um, But... Yeah, there's plenty of lesbians out there that do not take an avid interest in sport. Um, I think back to 
school and for example and for for context I'm from I always say I'm from Brighton because that's where I was born um and it's thought of as the gay capital of England plus everybody knows where Brighton is especially within England you're not going to speak to somebody in a different area of the country um who doesn't know whereabouts Brighton is I was actually brought up in Seaford which is a small town maybe half an hour outside of Brighton um so I think it's 13 miles between Seaford and Brighton so it's not far so you could be excused for thinking that being gay or gay people around my area and the time I was growing up was quite common contrary to that it actually wasn't Seaford is quite a small town everybody knows everybody um, and it's that small town mentality yes you don't have to go far to go into Brighton which as I say is kind of thought of as gay capital of England um but when you're not exposed to that and particularly for me as a kind of when I go back to teenage years I was closeted um you don't kind of allow yourself to think about it and also to you know you're not involved in it because you're not old enough and you know you don't have any experience of the gay scene you just know that Brighton is a place for gay people and it's more welcoming than a lot of other places but um yeah it's not to say that there were lots of gay people or or out gay people um around growing up so if I think back to the sports teams that I played on as a teenager or as a kid even now that we're kind of in our 30s the people that I would have been on those teams with there's kind of me and maybe one other uh, person who is openly gay um, or you know an open lesbian and out lesbian from those sports teams so most of the people that I played sport with uh, and obviously it was all girls teams as well so most of those girls are straight identifying um, and yeah like I say I know a lot of of lesbians who are femme presenting femme identifying and that's going to lead on to our next point as well because it's not just um femme lesbians or lipstick lesbians whatever you want to call them um that don't take an interest in sport I know lesbians of all presentations all identifications um that love sport and the same that don't so I would say all lesbians loving sport myth The next myth um, or belief on the list is that all lesbians fit into the butch femme binary. So there's a lot of talk about this amongst the gay community. So we use terms such as top and bottom, uh, butch and femme, um, mask, which is more used among gay men. Same with top and bottom. It can be used among gay men as well. Um, And... It's kind of this binary thing that, you know, without... Because gender is a whole other thing, but obviously things can all tie in with one another. So there's there's sex, there's gender, there's sexuality, there's image, which I think can be a separate thing. Of course, image can be an expression of your gender or your sexuality. Um, But the way you present yourself, the clothes that you wear doesn't have to necessarily be a reflection of how you identify sexuality-wise or gender-wise. So this binary system that we're very used to, it's either this or that, it's it's black or it's white, it's, you know, male or female, it's butch and femme. Um, I definitely don't class myself from a personal point of view as either 
butch or femme. And I know that a lot of gay women in particular feel this way. You, you don't feel that you fit into either either box. And of course, that goes for, you know, um, people who are non-binary, people of all genders, um, which, again, may well be something we'll probably talk about in future episodes, um, just because there's no way we can cover everything at once. But this is, you know, of course, this is inclusive. um, And terms like butch and femme can be still used to describe um, people who are, you know, non-binary or um, however you identify um and i think the words that you choose are a personal thing unless something is quite obviously meant in a derogatory way um then you know of course don't use it and don't put up with somebody using it towards you um but for me again everything is from a personal standpoint i and many others are comfortable with the word queer um which is strange because it comes from you know a place of negativity and uh, it was always meant as a slur but queer I think is now being reclaimed as a word that is kind of more all-encompassing um so it covers a lot of bases um I know people who are still questioning who are my age above my age uh, I'm 30 by the way who are still questioning uh, whether it be their sexuality their gender how they are how they identify in a number of ways and you know words like queer for ex- are a primary example of you know words that we can use and if you are comfortable with butch if you are stone butch then you fucking be stone butch and that's great and if you are ultra ultra the femist femme of the femme stunning great do it um but it's just important to say that you know not all of us and i think a great many of us don't fit into butch or femme um a phrase that I kind of identified with quite a lot used to be um, the term soft butch. So if you think of everything, there's always a spectrum. Um, Sexuality itself can be a spectrum, um, in which case I am on the hard side of lesbian, (laughs) as far far to that side as you can get. Um, But people who are bisexual or pansexual can kind of be placed um, anywhere or float around anywhere on that spectrum if you think of you know a, a a spectrum like a line um and for example heterosexual completely and utterly to the core heterosexual being at zero and the the homoist homo being at a hundred for example just you know those numbers mean nothing um but just one end to the other and again there's a whole nother discussion to be had about whether anybody is ever really 100 percent either or because again that's a binary (laughs) um and there are a lot of other options in terms of sexuality too but if you are somebody who is openly bi or pan you can kind of float around in that spectrum it doesn't mean that you're at 50 it doesn't mean that bisexual people are, all of them, 50% attracted to male and 50% to female. Um, you can be a bisexual person with a preference for men or a preference for women or, you know, someone who tends to um, have a lot of sexual relationships with men but only tends to have romantic connections with women or vice versa. So, you know, please don't think that this is... Um, you know, as clear cut, um, or one or the other, that's the actual, the whole point of this, um, particular myth is that binary is kind of bullshit, really. 
And something I just wanted to touch on, um, having said that, is that how I identify is as a cisgender, lesbian, gay woman. That means I can be attracted, in my mind, as to how I identify and how I see it, I can be attracted to any woman. That doesn't mean only attracted to AFAB women, which, for those of you who aren't sure, AFAB uh, means assigned female at birth. So what I'm saying is, my sexuality and identifying as a lesbian does not exclude transgender women for me. Um, And I've had people say to me, so hold on, if you would be willing to date or, you know, sleep with or have a relationship with a trans woman, just as willingly as you would an AFAB woman, um, surely that makes you pansexual and not a lesbian. Mm. I mean, fine, if that's how you see me, great. (laughs) That I don't take offence to that. Um, I just prefer and identify more with the term lesbian or gay woman um, because I'm attracted exclusively to women. I'm not attracted to men. So pansexual means you are attracted to everybody regardless of gender. I am not attracted to men. So therefore lesbian is the the more fitting label I feel for myself. Um, But I wanted to make that point because, um, you know, there's, there can be confusion there. People will say, well, aren't you pan then if you're, you know, open to, to trans women as well? No, I'm open to all women. Soft butch was often a, um, a label that I was kind of quite comfortable with. Um, still am comfortable with that, just less so nowadays uh, do I feel the need to put a label on my self-image. Um, go and buy the, the kind of book if you want the... Um, you know, the stereotypes. I do have long hair. Um, I sometimes like to get my nail extensions done, eyelashes, um, hair done, love makeup. Uh, Other times I could be wearing a football kit, not a stitch of makeup, hair put up in a scruffy bun, um, no acrylic nails. Uh, So I kind of, expression-wise of gender, yeah, I identify gender wise as a cisgender woman um however not uncomfortable with they them pronouns most people use she her and that's what I would say are my primary pronouns but if someone was to use they them pronouns in reference to me not a problem at all um and yeah just image wise sometimes I can present as very femme and sometimes I feel like presenting as femme other times I feel like embracing my um stereotypically mask or butch side and I definitely have those those two sides to me mannerisms I guess you would say I'm more typically mask I don't sit with my legs crossed um there's a million different kind of nuances and little touches that you could analyze so I guess nowadays at 30 I feel less pressure to identify myself in in that kind of way um but since we're talking about butch femme binary, I definitely don't fit into either. And I know that so many don't. In fact, I know more lesbians than um, that, that don't fit into either of those than that do exclusively. So that's an interesting one. Butch femme binary, myth. Something that leads in quite seamlessly from the, um, the butch femme binary debate is the comment that I and I know many other gay women... Um, even gay men as well, 
uh, have been given is that there is always a male and a female role in a lesbian relationship or in a gay relationship. Um, so this is quite frequent. You'll always get, you know, who's the man in the relationship or, or who's the woman in the relationship. And you're like, it's a same-sex relationship. Somebody once, I don't know where I heard this, whether it's a a joke from somewhere, but asking a lesbian couple which one of you is the man is like asking a pair of chopsticks which one is the fork. There isn't one. Um, so, yeah, if you take on more of the, you know, when I say masculine and feminine, I mean stereotypically. So if you take on more of a masculine role in your relationship and your partner takes on the feminine and that works for you, fantastic if you're quite traditional in that way or if you just find yourselves kind of slotting into those naturally because it's to do with your personality or, um, you know, your identity, whatever, it it's great. But to say that there is always one of you who is the man um, or the woman is bullshit. I think most of the time that I've received this particular comment um, is usually meant one of two ways. One, in terms of uh, household chores. I know it sounds really stupid, but the most common questions that I've had are who does the cooking? Who takes the bins out? Who drives? Who, you know, stuff like that. And it's typical roles within the household. Uh, or more commonly, people mean sexually. Who's the man, who's the woman, or who is the top and who's the bottom? So important to say, yeah, sometimes those roles can be applicable. If you, in your household, in your same-sex relationship, find that one of you does certain chores and the other one does the others, for example, one of you's a terrible cook and one of you's great, doesn't mean that the one that does the cooking is the woman. Do you know what I mean? It, um you know, uh, so yeah, that those roles can exist, but it doesn't actually reflect on who is the typical, you know, male or female in the relationship. That's just, again, a binary that we're used to that is losing meaning, I think, really. So this myth, um, maybe I'm going to have to concede a bit and say there may be a little bit of truth to this one. Um, because if we're going to go there, let's go there. The main um, thing that people are referring to when they make this comment, I feel, is sexually who is the man and who is the woman. What they mean is who's the top and who's the bottom. So there can be and there are people who are exclusively tops and people who are exclusively bottoms. Therefore, I'm going to have to say there is some truth to this myth. However, there are people who are versatile, who do both, and who, much like myself, I think, TMI, anyone who's related to me, please don't listen to this section, <laughs> um, but people who have always been one way or the other um, or le lent towards one way and then have um, been in a different relationship and found that there is a shift or another part of themselves. Um, for example, I've always classed myself more as a top 
just my preference. I prefer to give than to receive. And I know there's a lot of us out there. Um, However, since being, I would probably have actually said the same for for my ex-wife as with my current partner, as with Nikki, who I've been with for three and a half years. There's definitely a shift. And I think for me, it comes down to um, sex versus love. And I think when I'm in love, which I would say I've only really been in twice, um, as I say, my ex-wife and current partner, um, when I'm in love, I'm a lot more versatile sexually or in the bedroom. Whereas if it's just sex, then I would say I'm more of a top. So I think that's an interesting point to make, that you don't have to be one or the other. There certainly are tops and bottoms, and there certainly are people who are versatile. So again, all this is to do, really, what it comes down to is labels. Do you need a label? No. Do other people, a lot of the time, feel the na- feel the need to put a label on you? Yes. Um, is it necessary? No. Should you use one if you're comfortable? Yeah, go for it. Great. Sometimes makes it easier to describe yourself to other people, for example. How do you identify? Um, what pronouns do you prefer? Da, da, da. It's easy to just say, yeah, hi, I'm Hope. I'm a cisgender, 30-year-old lesbian. That's fine for me. She, her, great. Um, but, yeah, no one really needs to know if you're a top or a bottom unless they are planning on sleeping with you. Um, in which case, share that if you're comfortable. And also don't get wrapped up in that label because if you're a, you know, a top through and through, you do you. But if you find that there's a shift, don't be hard on yourself. Don't think hold on, this isn't me, what's going on? Um, because I've, without going into too much detail, I've been there and actually I found it's a really quite a beautiful thing that you think you're one thing and then with a certain person or a certain partner, things can be different and you can enjoy all kinds of things. So <laughs> there is a male and a female role in a lesbian relationship always. No, that's a myth. Can there be relationships where people exclusively take typically masculine and feminine or top and bottom roles? Yes, absolutely. So we're a little bit on the fence on that one. Next myth uh, leads on slightly from the sex thing. Um, It's not, you know, sexual. We're not going to be talking about, you know, anything dirty. Those who are related to me are safe. Um, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because I'm wary of it sounding like um, a bit of a lecture. <clears throat> but um, I definitely know that this has been believed, is believed, um, certainly has been amongst even my own friends. Um, and it needs to be debunked because it is factually untrue. So next myth is uh, lesbians are not at risk of STIs. Um, just not true. Um, yes, you can say that if you are exclusively with women, have never been intimate sexually with a man and are not sexually intimate with men, uh, you, you could say for certain things, we are lower risk. That is true. We are lower risk. Um, are we no risk? Absolutely not. So 
do get tested, um, know your status with everything and get your smear tests and everything else because um, being exclusively sexually active just with other women does not mean you are not at risk at all for STIs, etc. So get tested. This is your PSA. Listen to your Auntie Hope. Guys, just wanted to interject at this point. Um, We don't currently have ads on the podcast. We are on episode two. um, So we're new and improved and and getting back into things. However, if you would like to um, have your company or your business promoted on an ad spot on uh, on the podcast or on one of these episodes, please do get in touch with me um, because I'd love to support you. Regardless of what the company or business is, I'm open to all ideas um uh, all submissions you can find me on social media at hope krista 91 that's at h-o-p-e-k-r-i-s-t-a-9-1 i'm on facebook twitter snapchat instagram all that good stuff um so i just wanted to say get in touch um and you know as i say i'd love to to put your business or company out there on the airwaves if you are an lgbtq plus um content creator or business owner, uh, an LGBT company of any kind, of course, in particular, I would love to um, show you some support and and get your business and your name out there. Um, But it goes across the board for anyone. As I say, I'm open to to any submissions. So please do get in touch. Um, I'd love to help. Couple of myths now uh, involving lesbians and their relationship with men now it's a two-parter so first one that i'm going to focus on is the myth that lesbians are lesbians because they've had some kind of a negative experience or have issues with men um not true we're not man haters um yes you can be a lesbian and a feminist yes you can i'm not even gonna go into all the complicated deep dive in stuff all I want to say is um no it's not true there was again I've read this somewhere about somebody saying um oh you're gay because it didn't work out with men and you're like no actually it's the reverse it didn't work out with men because I'm gay that's the thing um a lot of younger people now I think it's great that there are a large there's a large section of of young gay women who are kind of coming out or coming to terms with who they are who don't have that long of a process in doing that in terms of coming to terms with your sexuality um maybe that's obviously because of the changes in society and you know queerness being more talked about more accepted arguably certainly in certain you know god we could go a million different ways countries regions towns you know um cultures greet like let's not go deeply into it my point is there are a section of young people who don't feel the pressure to date the opposite sex um who have you know come to terms quite quickly with who they are and go oh that's not me 
I'm gay and therefore I'm going to have girlfriends and I'm going to date women, not men. And they never date men. And that's that. Fantastic. Um, I, from personal experience, came out at 19. So there was a period, obviously, through my teens where I was quite personally very tortured about it. Um, really upset by the fact that I felt, you know, deep down that I was gay, went through a lot of denial. Um, so there was that pressure to date men and to try and convince, I think, myself, really, that I may just be bi. And that's a whole nother topic of discussion because bisexuality is absolutely valid. It's absolutely... I hate bisexual erasure I hate it when people reduce it to oh they're greedy or you know so as I'm saying this episode has all the makings of something that could go in a million different directions but my base point is that we are not gay because we've had a negative experience or have issues with men some of the most wonderful people I know in my life are men I have best friends who are men, both gay and straight. Uh, my dad was one of the most important people in my life. My grandfather also. Um, I have nothing against men as a whole. Let's not, like I say, go too deep into other points of discussion. Um, it is just simply not true that we are that way because of a negative feeling surrounding men. There is one thing I'll touch on about, you know, a lot of straight women, my friends included, will say, oh, God, I'm sick of men. I think I'll go lesbian for a bit or, you know, I'll try batting for your team. And that's a joke. I know it's a joke. And, you know, sometimes it's not a joke. Some Sometimes people try it. Fair game. Cool. Um, but ultimately, sexuality is not a choice for the vast majority of people. It's not something you choose. Um, so certainly not the case that if you have a negative experience with a man uh, or have issues with men, you will make a conscious decision to become a lesbian. Not true. Myth. Part two of lesbian myths surrounding men um, this is taking somewhat of a sexual turn again. I don't know why, not a conscious decision. However, part two is if lesbians use strap-ons during sex, then they must really deep down like sex with men. Or if lesbians don't like sex with men, then why do they use strap-ons? Okay, quick one about this again. Sorry to anyone that knows me personally or is related to me. Please turn this off. In fact, when I post this episode, maybe I'll just put warning. <laughs> Don't listen to the majority of the second half of this episode if you are uncomfortable hearing me talk about sex. Um, It is rated explicit. So, you know, do with that what you will. You were warned. Um, All I will say about this is, A, it really frustrates me. And <laughs> B, um, first and foremost, there are a, I would say, significant section of the lesbian population who do not like penetration, first thing. Secondly, just because 
you do enjoy penetration doesn't mean that you want that from a man or that, you know, you like men. The facts, people, the facts are (laughs) that we are... This is so hard to word this in an eloquent way. We are anatomically shaped a certain way. So, yes, there is something about a strap-on that may resemble a male penis. That is because it has to be that shape, really. Yeah, we can get into a load of other things about sex toys... But I will spare you that for this because my point is it's majority of the time going to be that shape because that is the way we are anatomically shaped. So that's that. There's a whole nother argument about, you know, how much we really need to make dildos and strap-ons look like penises. Again, not going to go into that. The fact is it fits and if you are somebody who enjoys penetration that is something that fits. It's not because we want a man or we want something that resembles a penis. Not at all, no interest in penis. If you are a bisexual woman and you enjoy sex with a, you know, biological male phallus and you also enjoy sex with strap-ons, great. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. It's really hard to explain. But baseline point, if you enjoy receiving sex with a strap-on, that does not mean that you are heterosexual in any way or have a sexual interest in men. It's because it fits up there and it might feel nice. The physical acts that you enjoy during sex are no reflection on the gender that you are attracted to. At the end of the day, if that is attached to a woman, then that's who you're having sex with, is the woman that that object is attached to. That's exactly it. It's a physical sensation, not an identity or a sexuality thing. It's just a a physical act. It's who you're doing it with that you know, speaks on your identity, not a certain object or physical act. So, myth debunked. Because lesbians use strap-ons, they deep down like or want sex with men. Not true. Let's move on. Couple more left to go. Um, The next one is a running joke um, across the board, but definitely within the gay community. And it is lesbians move in together super quickly so um couple of jokes uh or variations on the same joke um what does a lesbian bring to a second date um i was always brought up with with the punchline being a suitcase um in america it's more commonly a u-haul uh, they would bring to a second date because it is a running joke that lesbians move in with each other in particular, but that their relationships move super, super quick. So people will say things like, and this is, you know, lesbians are the prime culprit for this. Uh, People will say, you know, oh, she hasn't texted me for like three hours, which is like three years in lesbian time. Or um, what's another example? Uh, Oh, they've been together for two weeks. That's, That's basically 
they're pretty much married, you know. So we are famous for moving quite quickly and particularly moving in with each other quite quickly. Um, yes, this can be true. I think without, again, delving too deep, but it can be to do with the fact that relationships forged between women are often very deep. And that's just not, you know, not just romantic relationships. I I think that can be said for friendships between women as well. They often run very deep. And I'm not saying that relationships between men and women don't run as deep or anything like that. I'm just saying that um, the dynamics between women are different and often deeper, quicker, I suppose. Um, So definitely there's some truth to this one. However, is it always true? Absolutely not. Um, Because some lesbians I know are the most commitment phobic people I've ever come across. So... Um, no, I don't think being commitment phobic is particularly a theme among lesbians, but I certainly know plenty that are not keen to move quickly in their relationships at all. So some truth, mm, another one that we're on the fence about, I think. Now, the final myth, the one that we are going to end on, um, and I say myth because I think maybe it become clear as I talk about it, but I haven't quite made up my mind as to whether I think this is a myth or not. Um, so it is that all lesbians are particularly taken with the idea of seducing straight women. I'm going to be honest, there are definitely lesbians around who this idea appeals to for sure it's you know it's a thing it definitely is a thing um that some lesbians will be particularly turned on by the idea of you know turning i hate that term but turning or or seducing um an otherwise straight woman do we want to get into all the you know arguments about well, is that woman really straight then if she can be turned? Because if she's truly straight, then she wouldn't sleep with a woman. Yeah, we're not going to go, again, particularly deep into it. Um, But yeah, there's there's an argument for the fact that that is a turn on to some lesbians. Speaking from a personal standpoint, for me, there is nothing more attractive than a gay woman who is openly gay and comfortable and confident in the fact that she is gay a woman who loves women um I find that very sexy so to me is there an appeal about seducing a straight woman no not particularly I think it sounds like a headache (laughs) um but you know do I understand and accept that there is, you know, a, a section of lesbians that would find that um, appealing? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I also think um, that there's a statistic somewhere, and I don't know how they manage to get these stats or how accurate it can possibly be, um, but it's definitely a common theme that comes up when talking to other gay women, is that often the first girl or woman that we have a big crush on uh take an interest in or even fall in love with is our best friend that seems to come up a lot and that best friend isn't necessarily gay doesn't 
you know, doesn't necessarily follow the trajectory of coming out and, you know, becoming a gay woman. Sometimes it's experimental. Sometimes it's completely unrequited. Sometimes, you know, the the young little gaby falls in love with her straight best friend and it's a disaster or she never even talks about it, never broaches it with her best friend. Other times they do talk about it. Other times they that's their first sexual experience can go a multitude of ways however that is a running theme that a lot of lesbians will say the first person they fell for in some way shape or form was their best friend usually in their teenage years that I think maybe happens because of you know in part at least down to what I mentioned earlier about the relationships between women even friendships being you know very deep and when we're in our teenage years often we have a best friend who is female if you are a young um you know closeted or or not closeted lesbian then the the women or girls that you spend the most time around are going to be your best friends so that's you know probably just statistically going to happen because you've got a close bond with somebody um so that's that's part of it but getting older and you know the idea of it being a particular turn on seducing straight women for me no not in particular of course you have the propensity to be attracted to or fall in love with anybody regardless of their sexual orientation um you know your feelings are your feelings if you're geared toward women you could fall in love with any woman But I don't think this myth is particularly referring to falling in love with straight women. I think it was noteworthy to mention falling in love with our best friends because, as I say, it seems to be common among lesbians. It's it's often part of our storyline. But being particularly taken with deliberately seducing straight women, for me, not in particular, no. For a lot of lesbians... I see you, I know you're out there, and I know some of you myself, and I know you're guilty of it. So, you know, you do you, but most of the uh, times I've witnessed it happen often ends in a lot of headache, (laughs) whether it causes problems for the straight woman, whether it causes problems for the lesbian, because they do end up catching, you know, proper feelings for somebody who is never going to be um what they want or you know for whatever reason again it's not shade to anybody it's just you know it can be a headache um it never seems to work out well (laughs) apart from just kind of instant gratification wise um I can see that it's a turn on for some people but as far as my straight female friends go, you're in the clear. A and one, I'm very happily taken in a monogamous relationship with my girlfriend of three and a half years. So, you know, that should be the main reason why. Um, but twofold, you got no worries because, you know, I'm not about that life. So that wraps up our episode two of Nine Bob Hope lesbian myths debunked question mark some of them were debunked you know pretty solidly 
others we weren't so sure about but i certainly enjoyed talking about all those uh, topics hope you guys enjoyed listening to it straight people if you're still here <laughs> hopefully that cleared a few things up for you um you never really know who you're gearing this towards because as much as i am passionate about talking um about lgbtq plus issues i do want this to be accessible and enjoyable for everybody so hopefully you took something from it or at least enjoyed it regardless of your own orientation um don't forget if you would like an ad spot on the on the podcast please do get in touch with me on social media i would love to support you regardless of your uh, business um or identity <laughs> um and also just a quick note to my lgbtq plus family out there um we are all family regardless of whether you and i have had an interaction or not um this has been the first lgbt themed episode there will be more um again as i say hopefully it'll be able to be enjoyed by everybody but specifically to those listeners that do belong to the lgbtq plus community um i am here and if you are going through a time where you're questioning anything about yourself um, or you're struggling with anything i just want to be um one of those voices regardless of how many or how few people my voice is heard by um i definitely want to say that i'm here i have been there um i've been through some shit (laughs) with regards to my sexuality and my identity um and have very very close friends of all different identities and sexualities and genders etc so i just wanted to be one of those people to publicly say i'm here if you need an ear or a support or a shoulder um then treat me as auntie hope and um you know we're all family and just um reach out if you need to talk other than that guys thank you so much again for um being with me i'm gonna go rest this voice uh get some manuka honey down me and some lem sip and hope for the best but thank you again and i will see you on the next one goodbye